Betzadaf Yudalad, the last thing we were talking about was being molel melilot, crushing the grain on Yom Tov. If you do it one by one, and it, it, it would be mutar, and we ended up saying if you do it with a shinui, it is mutar. And on that subject of crushing, we are starting Yudalad Amud Aleph, four lines in by the Mishnah, Another machloket, Bet Shemai Omrim, Tavlin Nidochin Bamadoch Shel Ingredients, uh, spices, can be crushed in a pestle in a crushing bowl made of wood. Usually you use the one made of stone. On Yom Tov you have to do a shinu, you have to change a little bit. Ve'amelach, and the salt one, you could use a bapach, you could use a bowl made of earthenware. Uba'etz ha'parur, or a big ladle, a big spoon. Spices can be crushed uh, the way you usually do it in a pestle, in a bowl of made of stone. The the salt, needs a shinui, but not a big shinui. Therefore, you could use a pestle made of wood, a bowl made of wood. And the Gemara starts trying to understand what's the difference between salt and regular spices. Everyone agrees that salt needs a changing. You don't do it the same way you do it on whole. My ta'ama, what's the reason? Because everyone knows that every pot needs salt. You need a little bit of salt. And you know you're cooking tomorrow, so you should have uh, crushed salt already. And not every uh, every pot, every dish needs every spice. So you don't know which spice you're going to use tomorrow. But salt, you do know. You should have done it yesterday. That's why on Yom Tov, you need to do it And one of Rav or of Hasda said, all spices lose flavor by the next day. But salt doesn't lose its flavor by the next day. So therefore, you could have done it yesterday. And the fact you didn't do it uh, yesterday, that's why you need a shinui. My benai, what's the difference between uh, both reasons? So number one, the difference between them is he knew yesterday what he wants to cook. According to the first reason, he still needs a shinui because you could have prepared that spice from yesterday. And according to the second reason, where it's going to lose flavor, well, you could even if you knew what you were going to make yesterday, it, it wouldn't have helped because you would have lost, lost flavor. Inami, or you could explain bemorika. We're talking about the saffron spice. It doesn't lose its flavor by the next day. And therefore, if you didn't know what you were making then according to the first reason, you don't need a shinui. Uh, but according to the second reason, you still need a shinui because it doesn't lose flavor. Now, here's another uh, halakha. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, kol nidochin, anything that gets grinded, nidochin kedakan, you could uh, grind regular, vafilu melach, even salt. But like says, v'ha amar, didn't we say that melach baya shinui, that it needs to be changed? So, hu da amar ki of Yehuda holds like the following tana, that holds according to Bet Hillel, salt doesn't need any change. The Tanya Amar Bimeir, Lo Nechleku Bet Shemayu Bet Hillel Ani Dochin Shni Dochin Kedarkan Umelach Imahin. 
Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel never argued on all spices can be crushed, regular, even salt. It doesn't need any changing. The only mahlokit they had was if you want to crush salt by itself. That salt needs just the changing of the keli that you use, either uh, uh, either earthenware bowl or a ladle that's made of wood. Uh, some uh, some sort of shinui, and only in the amount that you use for litzli for roasting. How much salt you use when you're roasting something? A little bit of salt, and that's it. Avalo You can't use a lot of salt the way you kosher salt a uh, piece of meat. Salt can be crushed with anything. And right away the Gemara jumps up and says, Bechol Anything you could use to crush. Uh, there's things that are asur to touch uh, on Shabbat. And you can't touch them on Yom Tov. So the Gemara explains, Ela ema lechol davar. You could use as much salt as you want, even for a kedera for a pot. And bottom line is you see that Bet allows you to crush the salt. Uh, business as usual, you don't need to do any changing. And Amar le Rav Ahabardela libre Rav Ahabardela told his son, "Kidaychat atzle atzluye." When you're crushing salt, turn the mortar a little bit on the side, so there should be a little bit of a shinui vedoch, and then crush because he holds it needs a little bit of a change. Rav Sheshat shamakal buchna, and Amar Rav Sheshat heard the the grind the salt being grinded, and Amar Hai love migaved de betahu that uh, crushing of the salt is not from my house because he said it was atzur, and the Gemara says maybe they turned a little bit and they did shinui. Uh, so the Gemara explains the shamay davat sadil kaleno. He heard the voice clear. That means they did it exactly the way it's supposed to be done. So the Gemara says vidil matavlin havu. Maybe it was spices which is mutar. Stigma explains Tavlin when other spices the you, you hear the, the crack, you hear that big noise that uh, that a spice makes when it's being crushed, it's not the same as salt, which comes out a little bit smoother. So Rav Shishat heard this and he said they can't be for my house. Tisni, we don't do Tisni on Yom Tov, which is uh, cutting a wheat kernel into four, making a dish out of it, and we don't crush wheat with a grinder. And it sounds like tarte. You're coming to give me two halachot that contradict one another. On, the, on one hand, you told me tisni is no good, which is four, which I thought crushing was okay, and, the, and then you told me crushing is no good either. So like Mark explains, this is what the writer was trying to say, matam in all sin tisni, what's the reason you can't do tisni, which is cutting everything into four, because you're not allowed to crush wheat in the grinder. So like Mark says, Velema en kochin b'machtesh, the one just said, no crushing in the, in the grinder, in the mortar. So like Mark explains, Itane en kochin b'machtesh, if I would have said the, the din of no crushing in the, in the mortar, Hava amina hanemi le b'machtesh tola, I would have thought that's with a big uh, mortar, something big, Hava b'machtesh ektana ema shapir dame, but if it's a small one, then maybe it's allowed. Kamash ma'alan, that you're not allowed to do it at all, even tisni, which is, is cutting into four, it's also asur. And the Gemara says, the problem is, we have a bright that says, you're allowed to use a small one. You can't use a big one, but you're allowed to use a small one. It's considered like you're doing it, and it should be mutar. 
So Amar Abaye, Kitanya, Nami, Matnita, also when our Mishnah said in Al-Dutisni, Machteshet Dolatanya, we're talking about a big mortar. And Enachanami, Abaye, it would hold that the Brayta is talking about two dinim. The first din, you can't you do Tisni, even in a small mortar. And another din, you can't grind it. Dafka and a big grinder, and the reason it didn't specify big grinder, because a regular grinder usually means a big grinder. Now, Rava Amar Lakashya, now he explains the, the Braita a little bit differently, it's not contradiction. Halan Vehaleu depends. The Braita that allows you to use a small mortar is talking us over here, B'nai Babel, we're not rich, we have to do everything ourselves, and therefore we're careful. And the Braita that said it's Asur to use even a small mortar that's in its cell. They had Avadim they, they, who prepared their food for them. And Avadim are not careful. Therefore, we have to say, they have to say it's Asur. And Rav Papi ikla lebe Mor Shemuel. Rav Papi went to the house of Mor Shemuel on Yom Tov. Aite le daisa And he brought him this uh, porridge made of... Uh, wheat and he didn't eat it because he saw that they did it using a big mortar on Yom Tov and you know how to do that. And the Gemara says, yeah, Maybe they used a small mortar and it's mutar. So the Gemara says, He saw that they were mamash grinded well and that could only be done with the big one. Maybe they did it yesterday. No, the Gemara explains, He saw that, it, it, that the wheat it had a color that as if it was just peeled today. It was clear. Or you could say, Maybe the house of Shemuel was different. There was a lot of Avadim who did whatever they want over there and you had to be extra careful. The next Mishnah, Haborer Kitniyot, a person separates legumes, uh, all different types of beans, you could take out the food, from, meaning the edible uh, parts from the inedible part, and then eat it that way. A person could separate the way he usually does it, in his lap, with a tray, with a large bowl, you cannot use a tablet, not with a winnow, not with a sieve. These are dafka made for sifting for borer, and therefore you probably do a lot of them. That's the way you do it on whole. So therefore don't do that on Yom Tov. On Yom Tov just do uh, something that you only do a small portion. You could even wash them, put them in water, and then skim off the inedible part. And Tanya Amara Ban Gamlel Bamedvarim, what are we talking about? Ksha Ochel Merubealap. So this is Dafka if there's more food than inedible part. But if there is more inedible part than uh, than uh, than the actual food, the Vriakol, according to everyone, not tail it ochel, take the food and and leave the inedible part. And the Gemara asks, If there's more inedible part than edible, is there anyone who's matir such a thing? It's muktzeh, you wouldn't be able to touch it anyways. No, so the Gemara explains, What's the hidush of We're talking about the inedible part, the psolet. There's not too much of it, but it's very hard to pull it out. And we were talking about that type of situation. Meaning, when Bet Hillel said you're allowed to take out the psolet, 
it's dafka when taking out the food is too much work. Just taking out the psalat would make life easy, and then you could do it. But when there's too much work in taking out the psalat, even if it's not too much, it would be asur. And everyone would tell you, take out the food and leave the psalat. Now, we learned in the Mishnah Rabban Gamliel Omer, Af You could even soak it and then just skim off all the chaff from the top. This was the minhag of Rabban Gamliel's house when they would separate the chaff from the beans. They would bring a barrel full of lentils. They would fill it up with water. And the food would go down. It's heavier. And the chaff would go to the top and they would just skim it off. The Gemara brings a Braitha, we have a Braitha that says opposite, that the food is, goes up and the chaff or the dirt goes down. So the Gemara explains, La Kashya, no, there's a difference, they're not contradicting. Ha Be'afra, Ha Be'gileh, depends, if it's a dirt, regular rocks, regular dirt, that's heavy and will go down and the food will go up. But if we're talking about regular chaff, that's very light and it's going to float up. Next Mishnah, Bet Shammai Omrim, En Mishalchin Beyom Tob Elamanot. A person cannot send a gift to his friend unless it's food ready to be eaten, cooked, ready to be eaten. Ubet Hilel Omrim, Bet Hilel says, Mishalchin Behema Hayav Aof, it's an animal, fish, bird, Ben Hayim, Ben Shachin, dead or alive, Mishalchin Yenot, Shemanim, Ustatot, Vekitniot, you could send wine, oil, Flour, beans, but not grains that you need to uh, grind. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon even allows uh, grains that need to be crushed. And the Gemara starts, You could send all these uh, foods to your friend, as long as you don't have a whole line of people uh, sending it, it looks like uh, they're going to sell it in the market. And Tana and Shura Pehutam Shabin Adam. So what's a Shura? The three people. So Ba'ira Bashera Basha has a question. Telatagavre, you're sending three people to your friend with Latamine and each one is holding uh, something else. My are we gonna say it's mutara or because it's three different things, or are we gonna say it's Asur because it looks like they're going to the marketplace? Take all we have no answer. We don't know how to look at it. For example, you take wheat, you're going to make a type of cookie that you don't need to grind the wheat kernels for. Or you could give him barley and you could put it in front of his animal. It's a type of dish where the lentils weren't grinded. So you could, you could send over but he could only use it for things he doesn't need to grind it for. Now, next Mishnah. A person can send his friend clothing. Whether they're sewn or not sewn. Even if there's a kilayim. If it's for the holiday. But not with a spiked sandal. And not a shoe that wasn't sewn yet. But you can't use it. You can't even cover yourself with it. Not even a white shoe. Why? Because you have to send it to the shoemaker to blacken it. No one walks out with the white shoe. You need to color it. 
Zekal. Here's the rule. Kol bo. Anything that people cover themselves, they decorate themselves, they look good with it. Beyom tov. Then hinoto. If you can use it on yom tov, then you could send it to your friend. And the Gemara starts off. Bishlama tefurin. I understand that you're allowed to send your friend sewn clothing because hazul malbush because you could, he could wear it. Unsewn clothing, I also get why. You could cover yourself with it. So I got that. What are you going to do with kilaim? You're not going to wear kilaim. Okay, you could put it under you. You could uh, sit on it. You could uh, fold it over and sit on it. It says, You're going to cover yourself with kilaim. But you're going to put it under you. Because maybe a string will wrap around you and you're going to have the benefit from kilaim. And if you want to say, Okay, let's say you put something in between, and therefore there's no chance that the kilayim will get them. Even if you have ten mats, one on top of the other, all the way at the bottom, asur still midrabanets asur dishanalim to sleep on it because uh, as we explained before. So bottom line is. The question is, what am I doing with Kalayim? Why am I allowed to send it to my friend? He can't use it. So, the Gemara answers, I'm talking about a curtain. You're allowed to put it. The Gemara says, yeah, but Allah said, there's still an issue with the curtain because why do we say a curtain can become Tameh? It's not clothing, so why should it become Tameh? Because sometimes uh, the Shamash during a Seudah, the, the, the waiter or the servant of the house is called, he wraps himself around with the curtain, and since uh, it can be clothing, it becomes Tameh, and if it can become Tameh because of clothing, it could also be considered Kilayim. Rather, we have to be talking about hard clothing or hard uh, clothes that don't uh, warm up a person when he wears them. And hachamim were not uh, were not gozer that maybe a string will wrap because it's very uh, strong, very tough. Nothing's going to wrap around you. Like Rav Huna Rav Yeshua said, "Hai namta felt gamda if it's a hard felt." De Narash, from the place called Narash, Sharia, you're allowed to sit on it because it doesn't warm you up. And that's Rashi's explanation. Tosfot goes one step further and says you're allowed to even wear it because it doesn't do anything. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.